0: Thanks for tuning in to the New Life South Coast podcast. We want to extend an invitation to sit in live with us during our weekend service. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message inspires you but also challenges you in your walk with God. For more information, visit our website at newlifesouthcoast.com. Now here's Pastor Marco with an encouraging word. I want to talk to you today about how to pray when you are in a crisis. The way life is set up, You're either in a crisis or you're coming out of one, right? The way life is, there's always something happening. And Jesus was honest with us. He said, in this world, you're going to have some troubles. But he said, uh, take heed, take heart. I've overcome the world, and so can you. And God has given us his word to help us in every situation and circumstance. And so today I want to help us deal with crisis. You know, something about crisis is this. Nothing reveals more about who we are than when we find ourselves in a storm. Like, you can talk a really good game. You can be a great Facebook Christian until you hit with a storm. A storm reveals what's going on inside of you more than vacation does. Right? Vacation, if anything, just makes you drop your guard really low. Storm says... Yo, are we good for this? Wow. And we've been built for this. Yeah. You know, and so if you're in a storm, I hate to say this to you, but the real you comes out. Yeah, right. The real you doesn't come out on a sunny day. It comes out when you're late for work and it's raining and grandma is in front of you <laughs> doing 35 on a 65. <laughs> That's when the real you... He's either going to say, bless you, Grandma, or bless you, Grandma. <laughs> right? Storms really reveal who we really are. People say, I wasn't thinking. It's like, no, no, that's the real you. They're just like, ah, Angry Luther is here. Right, right. Oh, y'all don't know where Angry Luther is? I'll just move on. But if you have your Bibles, we're going to work through Second Chronicles chapter 20 today. Second Chronicles chapter 20 is going to be our template of how to deal with a crisis, and how to pray through a crisis. You're either in a crisis, you're coming out of one, and the Bible helps you understand how to pray when situations come that you didn't expect. little background here in 2 Chronicles 20, it highlights a king named Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was a great king in a line of bad kings this was not a very good season for Israel people of God a lot of the kings had a stray from God's will a lot of the kings you know focus on riches on, on 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 slaving people they they intermingle they had marriages that God didn't tell them to have so Jehoshaphat comes on the scene and says I want to do God's will I want to live right how many want to live right just so want to make sure I'm talking to the right people. He says, I want to live right. I want to put God first. I want to live this song. It's not about me. And so he became a king that focused on bringing back the righteousness of God over his life and over his nation. And so what he did is he began to call the people to repent. He began to call the people to, to, to clean house, to say, listen, if there's anything in your life that's not God's will, we need to get it right. And so he led the way because a leader leads the way. It's not what you say, it's what you do, you know. And so he became a great king. And in the middle of this restoration of the nation, in the middle of this revival of the nation, he, he gets hit with a crisis. Right in the middle of restoring everything, because usually life doesn't tell you, hey, I'm here, right? It just hits you, right? A crisis doesn't tell you, I am coming. If he told you that, you would be preparing for a crisis, That's why we call it a crisis. It just happens. Right? In the middle of this, they're having a good time. They're celebrating God. They're they're restoring. They're bringing back the will of God into the nation. And they, boom, they get hit with a crisis. The crisis was that the enemies of Israel was getting ready to attack them immediately. And they're on their way. This is not the days you had text, yo, king. (laughs) They're coming, (laughs) y'all. You know, this is the day of pigeons. It would take days for you to get a message. It's the day of horses. Right? It would take you days to get. So so they caught the message really late. They're like, listen, we don't have a lot of time. The enemies are coming. And they're coming ready to attack. And it's not just one. It's a few enemies who have decided to come together against us. What do you do in those moments when it feels like you're outnumbered? You're outmaneuvered? And you're outplanned. Because life hits like that, doesn't it? Right? It just comes to overwhelm you. It's the shock and awe of the enemy. He wants to make you feel paralyzed. But thank God that God is never surprised by an attack. God is never outmaneuvered. God is never outplanned. And so it was a surprise for them, but it was not a surprise for God. It may surprise you, but it didn't surprise God. This is why it's critical that God needs to take center stage in my life because I will be shook. But thank God that life is not about me. And if I make it about him, then I don't have to be shook. I just need to be aligned myself with his will and his purpose. And so this is where we're going to pick up the story of chapter 20. I'll leave it open because we're going to work through this thing. Verse 2, messengers came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army from Edom is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. They are already a Hazazan tomorrow. Verse 3, Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news and begged the Lord for guidance. He also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. We're gonna stop there for a second. So here's the crisis. Question is, what do we do when you you, when you get hit with bad news? What do you do when you go to the doctors and the analysis is not what you expected? What do you do when your kid is in a rebellious stage? What do you do when you get fired from a job and now you gotta you gotta make ends meet? What do you do when your marriage? all of a sudden gets hit with a bombshell. These are the moments, my friends. These are the moments of life. It's not if, it's when. It's not if, it's when. We're either in one or we're coming out of one. Right? And so it's important that we know what we do we do in these situations. And thankfully, we do have an owner's manual on how to deal with crisis, how to deal with the situations that comes our way. Jehoshaphat gives us a template here. He is terrified. First of all, when you first get hit, it shooks you. Yeah. Yeah. I love the Bible because it's honest. I don't like religious people because they're not honest. If you're terrified, say, I'm terrified. Don't give me the hallelujah, praise the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> like, can we be honest first? Yo I was not expecting this. Like I don't know where we get this idea that we come to church and we have to mask everything. How many of you know that? That's a lie. Like God didn't create you to be a robot. When I read the Bible, man, I see honesty. When I read the praise in Psalms, I see people being very honest with God. And I believe this. If, if you're going to have a breakthrough with God, you got to first be honest with God. Be honest with your emotions. Be honest with your feelings. Be honest with where you are because God meets you where you are. Right? There's nothing worse when you ask someone how they're doing. They just give you the, I'm good. But you don't look good. You're saying you're good, but your whole body's twitching. I'm good. I really am. I am. That's why you're twitching, because you won't, you won't be honest to say, I'm not good. That's refreshing to hear, like, I'm not good. You know why? Because all of us are either in one or coming out of one. And one of the most refreshing things to hear in life is, me too. Girl, you have no I. <laughs> There's always that person that goes to a whole nother level. Like, you, you think you're in a crisis? Is someone always out to do your crisis? <laughs> oh, you think you're in a crisis? You should see my house this week, girl. My kids are driving me nuts. Right? It's not about outdoing doing each other. It's about, okay, how do we help each other in this crisis? And Jehoshaphat says, what does he do? He's terrified. He's honest about this dude. But what does he do? He turns to God. The number one thing that we must do when we are hit with a crisis, the number one thing, the number one thing, as cliche as it sounds, we must turn to God first. Because you're going to turn somewhere, my friends. Some people will turn to drugs in those moments. Trying to alleviate something in the moment. Some people will turn to relationships. Some people will turn to Facebook. Oh my God. All caps. Ah. How many know that's the worst time to go on Facebook? How many are you going to get all the wrong advice on Facebook in that moment? Right. So it's not moment to to go out into the world looking for answers. It's time to turn upstairs to your God, who can actually do something about your crisis. Gotta turn to God, my friends. I, please write this down today. Prayer is it. not your last resort. Prayer should never be your last resort. That's the first thing we should do. Right, right. It's go to God right. with your raw emotions, because God's not trying to help you clean up your life without you first owning the mess. That's religion. It tells you you gotta be crispy clean, shirt and tie but your heart's empty. No, God wants you to come as you are with those raw emotions in that moment and say, God, I am terrified, but I know you didn't give me a spirit of fear. So I'm coming to you to find some answers in this crisis. The second thing that Jehoshaphat does, did you notice he begged God for guidance and he also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. I love that. You know what he did? He said, we're in a crisis. We need to come together. It's critical that when you're in a crisis, you need to call the right people that can actually war with you. When you're in a crisis, it's time to call your prayer warriors, people that you know pray, people that you know believe God with you, and that you're not going through this thing alone. We're meant to fight these battles together. And I mean the right people. I don't need people that says I'm going to pray for you. No, I need people that will actually pray with me in the moments where battle hits. I need some warriors who can pick up their shields and their sword in the spirit and say, no, we're going to go to war together in this thing. It's critical that you have your prayer warriors on your corner that you can go to in these moments. And, and, and be careful with that voice that says, I don't want to bother anyone. My friends, that's the voice of pride. The voice of humility says, this is too big for me. I need to go to God, and I need to go to God's people so we can pray together. Because Jesus said, when two or three are gathering in my name, I am right there with them, and I'm going to do what I can do. The enemy would love to isolate you. You know why? Because if he can isolate you, he can magnify the problem. But how I many you know, when you confess the problem out loud, you already begin to diminish the power of the problem over your life. When you begin to tell others who can know how to pray, together you're beginning to bind that work of the enemy. Because remember, fear is intimidation. But the power of God breaks the fear that's trying to come against you in that moment when you believe that God says who he says he is. And he's going to do the things he says he's going to do. This is not a moping session. This is not, oh, my God. You can stop that way, but you don't stay there. No, this is war session. That's what I'm saying. It's got to be the right people. I don't need someone who's going to empower my fear already. You know those people? Oh, my God. Yeah, oh, my God. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? They're just echoing your fears. You don't need those people in those moments. You need the people that are like, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to begin to pray. We're going to begin to declare God's word over our life right now. We're going to believe that God is in this thing. God is not surprised by this thing, right? And we're going to come together. We need people that can speak some faith. We need people that can declare some prophetic things over our lives in those moments. So be careful who you share your crisis with. they will either going to magnify the crisis or they're going to magnify God with you in your crisis. Can you say amen? So watch his prayer. Powerful, right? Let's jump to verse 6. He begins to pray. He prayed, O oh Lord God of our ancestors, you alone are the one who is in heaven. You are ruler of all the kingdoms, all the earth. You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. O oh our God, did you not drive out those who lived in this land when your people Israel arrived? And didn't you not give this land forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham. Your people settled here and built this temple to honor your name. They said, whenever we are faced with any calamity such as war, plague, or famine, any type of crisis, we can come to stand in your presence before this temple where your name is honored. We can cry out to you to save us. You will hear us and rescue us. I love that. He's terrified, right? But what does he do? He goes to God and begins to f- speak faith into his circumstance. Notice that he begins by elevating God. Notice he didn't start with the problem. He started with God. This is how you put things in perspective, my friends. You go to God and you re- it's almost like, you know what pray is sometimes? Prayer is actually reminding yourself of who God is over your life. It's almost like he's giving himself a pep talk to prayer. It's almost like he's saying, self, we know who God is. We know what he's done for us. We know how many times he set us free. And we know his promises that he said we can come to him with any calamity, any crisis, any situation. That he's not alarmed. He's not shook. I may be shook, but my God is not shook. And so I need to come first and acknowledge who I pray to. And then it's almost like reminding God, like, hey, don't forget, we're your people. And you promise to be with us in every storm, in every circumstance, in every situation. My friends, when you find yourself in a crisis, it's time to elevate God. That's why I love the song. It doesn't say anything about I. It's all about God first. I got got news for us. The reason why we're so miserable is we, we made life about us. And we're too small. We're meant to worship a big God, not us. And don't tell God about how big your problem is. You need to start telling your problems how big your God is. That's what you need to start doing. So you got to pray with faith even when you're scared. Prayer is our first choice, not last resort. Humility says I need to enlist other people into the situation. Now watch this. He goes on, verse 12. He says, oh, our God, won't you stop him? We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We do not know what to do, but we are looking to you for help. It's okay to acknowledge your inadequacy. Did you know this? When you acknowledge your inadequacy, you'll make a room for God. Jesus told Paul this, he said, my grace is sufficient for you and my power is manifest in your weakness. When you're weak, you're actually strong. Why? Because you acknowledge that I can't do this. It's almost like saying, okay, God, you got to take it from here because I can't do this on my own. The doctor said it looks bad. So you got to take it from here. My kids won't listen, Lord. You got to take it from here. It's okay to acknowledge and admit your inadequacy, because humility leaves room for God to come and work on your behalf. Pride is saying, "God, I got this." How many know we don't got it? How many know that God allows you sometimes to hit rock bottom, so you realize you don't got this? But how many know is when you hit rock bottom that you realize He's the rock at the bottom ready to sustain you and to empower you. So I love his honesty. I love how he's not a victim. He's not a victim. He's just being honest. And at the same time, he's speaking over his circumstance. That's awesome. That's how we need to be because we live in a victim society. People just want to feel bad for themselves. I'm going to say this. I hope you can catch what I'm trying to say here. Some of us, it's not that we can't overcome depression. It's that we have allowed depression to overcome us. And we've given it too much power by the way we talk about it. It's like you don't understand. No one understands. Well, that's the problem. No one understands. But God does. Stop giving power over the thing that you think is more powerful than God. Some people, it doesn't matter how much you pump life into them, they come back with, yeah, but, 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 you don't know my neighborhood, but you don't know my kids, yeah, but you don't know my job, yeah, but you, but, but, yeah, and you have a lot of buts. (laughs) How about we try, but God? I'm inadequate, but God is not. I'm telling you, a lot of times freedom begins with your vocabulary. People don't realize how much your words carry power. Carry weight. It's one thing to say to God, I'm powerless, but you are powerful. It's not I'm powerless and I'm doomed. We're all doomed. (laughs) You know those Christians, right? The world's ending. Gonna end tomorrow. Right now. It's like no, your world is ending. By the way, you're talking. How about you speak some life over your situation and circumstance? I'm praying right now. Next time you try to say, but I hope your mouth goes numb. I don't mean to curse you. I just want to get us to be a people of faith. People was like, yeah, I am petrified, but, but God got this. Come on, somebody. you got to have some faith. he goes on. I love Jehoshaphat, man. I love this dude. What a great name, by the way. If you're about to have a kid, Jehoshaphat. Great name. Look, verse 12 again. Won't you stop him? We are powerless against this mighty army. We do not know what to do, but we are looking to you for help. Which means you got to rely on God's resources. That's number three. Gotta to learn to rely on God's resources. That's the one. God's got infinite resources available to you. But you won't know that if you don't go to Him. Like, how will you know what God is capable of doing if you don't never go to Him? Do you know why some people never see miracles? Because they never ask for it. Do you know why some people see breakthrough and some don't? Because they don't ask. Why do you think we we share in praise reports? Because some people asked. And God said, I got this. But the more we're like, I got this. I don't know if this God got it. Well, then you you are your own God. God has unlimited resources available to us if we keep going to him. And listen, pride is the only thing that keeps you from crying out to God. Pride. You're like, I'm not prideful. The fact that you say you're not, Some of y'all didn't get that. But you got to learn to shift your mind from your problem to the problem solver. I believe we live in a day and age of Captain Obvious people. Isn't it funny how people tell you about problems like, like it's news? People talk about problems like it's revelation. Do you know what's wrong with this world? It's like, oh, tell us, Captain Obvious. We didn't notice. I always find that funny. Pastor, you know what's wrong with the church? It's like, wait, you only saw one thing? (laughs) I see about a hundred things wrong with the church. I'm trying to work on this stuff. I don't need people to tell me what's wrong with the church. I need people to tell me, look, look, we're here to solve this thing together. It's so funny. And you know, usually, who are those people? Religious people with their Bibles open. Let me tell you what's wrong with... It's like, wait, you read this thing just to find problems? i read this thing to find solutions. i read this thing to find answers. <laughs> it's so funny. And they're the ones who are so serious about everything. Why are you so serious? They all should be jokers for Halloween. Wait, well, you can't even tell them about Halloween because that's the day of the dead. <laughs> They can't, they can't do Superhero Sunday because that's the day of the... D- what, you didn't read this thing? That Jesus has power over death, over sickness, over devil, over anything? Like, are you reading this thing wrong. It's about life, not about death. You got to read this thing the right way. It's like, man, put on your light porch. Show the world that there's light here. Can you imagine the day of the dead and what we do we go along with it I'm shutting off my light I'm not giving any candy because I am part of the problem uh, yeah. isn't it funny the people that tell you the solution every year on this time watch it this week on Facebook how many Christians are going to tell you Halloween is of the devil <laughs> yeah when, what are we doing about it <laughs> isn't it funny yeah. we don't need Captain obvious Jesus didn't come to point out the obvious he said, I came to show you the way. I'm the light of the world. Put on your light. <laughs> You're the salt of the earth. Bring flavor to it. Don't walk around tasteless. Nothing worse than a tasteless Christian. Nothing worse than eating rice with no salt. It's like eating cardboard. What did you learn today in church? I can't be cardboard. I Pay attention to all you're talking. You sound tasteless. When you start saying everything's wrong, everything, the world, ah, it's like, yo, get some rice on you. Put some salt in that thing. Because you need some life in you. Come on, church. I'm trying to help us live life. I pray you're so crazy next week that the kids, don't, don't just let the kids dress up. You dress up. Have some fun in your life. My goodness. We put on a concert trying to help you guys have fun. And some of y'all, you can't. uh, Is this okay? Uh, 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 uh. (laughs) It's like, what else are we going to do? Try to help you relax. Relax, my friends. That's actually the next point. It's a great segue. Relax in faith, my friends. This is what Jehoshaphat is teaching us. Look at verse 15 through 17. Look at this. He said, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Listen, King Jehoshaphat, this is a prophetic word now by a prophet in the moment. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march out against them. You will find them coming up Through the ascent of Ziz, of Jeruel, but you will not even need to fight. Take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you, O people of New Bedford, O people of South Coast, O people of Fay O you people of Fahiva, O you people of Westport, even you guys from Dartmouth. Y'all need a lot of faith. Don't be afraid of this courage. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. Can you say amen? You know what's crazy about this? It takes more courage to do nothing and trust God than to try to do a lot of things and make it worse. You ever try to solve a problem and you just made it worse? (laughs) You ever dig yourself in a deeper hole because you're like, ah, I got to do this. Oh, y'all ain't going to talk. Don't elbow anybody, but we know those people who will have a storm in a little cup. (laughs) And they're thinking they're helping. That's the funny thing. Like, the people who honestly come and say, Pastor, you know what's wrong with it? They actually think they're helping. Got really quiet. <laughs> I was like, oh, wait, that's me, huh? I think I'm helping when I say the obvious stuff. No, listen, it's time to relax in faith. Now, listen, this is sound counterproductive. You know why? Because we live in a society of busyness, but no one's going anywhere. Yeah, right. <laughs> we confuse busyness with production. Not the same thing. Right. You can be busy all day long. Don't mean you're doing anything. Now, because we have selected hearing, I have to say this. I didn't say laziness. I say just busyness for the sake of being busy. Because there's the right production that God wants you to produce. But sometimes God's saying, no, I don't want you to do anything. I just want you to stand still and watch me do this. Now, that's where faith comes in, my friends. That's where faith comes in to say, no, no, God's got this. Because people expect you to freak out. You ever been in the Christ? People are like, why you're not freaking out? What's wrong with you? Why are you internalizing everything? It doesn't mean you internalize anything. Could it be that you're confident that God has come through before? He's gonna come through again. And then the funny thing is, people will say, You don't even care. You don't care. He's like, actually, I care a lot. I care so much that I'd rather trust God with this and then to freak out about this. I got news for us this morning. There's no freaking out in God's economy. Just you got to trust God in this thing. Today is the day of God's deliverance (laughs) over your life. My goodness. God had to tell him twice, don't be afraid. You know how many times the word don't be afraid is in the Bible? About 365 times. Could it be that God's trying to tell us something? There's one for every day of the week. Are we paying attention? Yes. Come on. Like, he made sure this in this Bible, there's 66 books, and there's about 365 times he said, like, Don't be afraid. And we're like, God, what are you trying to say? You know people are like, I need a sign. <laughs> I just need a sign, God! Uh, don't be afraid no not that one let me try again do not be afraid do not fret don't worry I got this I am your God I (laughs) mean, but I need a sign (laughs) <laughs> that's what God presents a 2 by 4 like I mean what else am I going to do so funny you hear all the time people are like I need a sign open your Bible right, right, right. just open your Bible anywhere I don't care anywhere Leviticus will do just open your Bible I don't hear God trying to read what he said yeah but I want to hear the audible voice of God well read it out loud Just read it out loud. It's not that complicated, people. We have complicated this thing. You know, he can't make it more clear than what he's already had. Pastor Rick Warren says this, which, by the way, shout out to Pastor Rick Warren because this whole series is based on his curriculum. Pastor Rick Warren is one of my favorite preachers from California, Saddleback, one of the biggest churches in America, over 35,000 people, we went there, I was inspired by, by his ministry, and this was one of the first times that I was like, I'm going to use someone else's curriculum to do this, and it's awesome, you know, he doesn't know me personally, but I know him, y'all don't know me personally, do you? Just because you come here doesn't mean you know me, uh, <laughs> but you can be inspired by people anywhere. And so I just want to give a shout-out to him publicly. I want this to go on the podcast, so if one day he hears it, he can say, I gave credit, what credit's due. Because we all plagiarize people. All of us preachers plagiarize. Elijah didn't really write that song. He plagiarized the Bible. (laughs) If you listen to the song, every word is in the Bible. So we're all plagiarizing. All of us preachers and worship leaders, none of us are that creative. God's like, yeah, you, you know who gave you that. <laughs> That's why it makes no sense to be prideful in the Bible. Amen. Relax in faith, my friends. I'm running out of time. Are you guys good? You doing good? But Pastor Rick Warren said this, he said, this. it's time to resign as the general manager of your universe. Because there's a God and you're not it. Tell your neighbor, sorry to... Disappoint you, but you, you ain't God. And then tell your right neighbor, you ain't God, the girl. God is in you. <laughs> I am trying. I'm trying. All right, we got to wrap this up. Verse 20, watch this. Verse 20. Look, early the next morning, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. On the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, listen to me, all you people of New Bedford and the south coast region, believe in the Lord your God and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets and you will succeed. After consulting the people, the king appointed singers, here they come, singers, To walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sing: Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. Can you say amen? (laughs) That's amazing that according to scriptures, when you pray in a crisis... You're gonna succeed when you trust God and His words. Did you notice He said, trust the prophets? What are the prophets? The Word of God. The ones who speak the Word of God. He said, we're gonna trust God in this. So much that we're gonna give God. This is so good. We're gonna give God the praise in advance. That's faith, my friends. When you believe, you begin to praise God before you see the breakthrough, before you see the crisis being adverted. Now you're on the right lane. You're on the right focus because you know, hey God, we're just putting you ahead of this thing. And we're so believing in your promises. I'm going to start worshiping you in advance. I'm going to start praising you before I even see the results. <laughs> My friends, did you know that worship is a weapon? a weapon you're like how are we singing a weapon have you ever tried to sing when you're depressed it's hard to stay depressed have you ever tried to praise God when you don't see something happening it's hard to stay in the nothing it's hard to be thankful and depressed at the same time next time try it you're having a bad day you're like praise God I'm going to praise God. I'm going to worship God. I'm going to give God the praise. See, the problem with us is we want the feelings first. God says, no, bring the faith and your feelings will follow you. You need to take control over your feelings. That's why people don't see breakthrough. They're waiting for the feelings. You're going to be waiting for a long time. No, it's your faith. That tells you feelings, come on, we're coming this way. You don't talk to yourself, because I do. Like I tell self, we're not going to be in this pity party no longer. Self, we're not going to feel bad for ourselves today. Self, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad. Self, we're going to choose joy. We're going to choose faith. We're going to choose deliverance. We're going to choose power. We're going to choose to believe that God is a safe God who's on the throne. He came through before. He's going to come through again. I dare you to believe God even when you don't feel like it. Somebody how to give Jesus some praise in this place. Say, my pastor. My God! Thanks for joining us today. If you want to connect with us, you can find us at newlifesouthcoast.com for any further information.